Once again, everybody, and after further review, John Pelkey, Mark Ferreira, and our producer, Jeff Taylor, on the board. Certainly, certainly hope you're having a good quarantine, whatever phase you find yourself in, whatever phase you've now backed up into again, like us here, in, those of us here in Florida. <laughs> Jeff, back from the mountains. Mark Ferreira, however, yeah, continuing to travel north. Yes. <laughs> Mark's return below the Mason-Dixon line is in question, ladies and gentlemen. He's left New York, was supposed to be back in town uh, yesterday. The Amazon packages are still on his porch. You'll never see they are on the big red machine. It'll be hours from now when he texts me and says, anyway, we could push the deep dive back to next week so I can get the books. <laughs> I wanted to use for reference, but Mark, you're in Vermont. Put I am. Fish album, my friend. What's I it like am. up there? It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. I've never been. I, I'd only been to six. There are only six states I had never been to. And one of them was Vermont, and one of them's New Hampshire. We're going to go to New Hampshire either later today or tomorrow. It is beautiful up here. We're in a very isolated, uh, you know, isolated area in the in the woods and the mountains, if you will. And yeah. um, uh, we're, it's a be- beautiful cabin. We're doing a little Airbnb thing, and it's pretty fun. Well, uh, my you know my wife uh, is from New Hampshire, and uh, you know the motto: "Live free or die." So make your choice. At the end of the show, yeah. we'll be quizzing you. I, I got to be careful about that because I've always worried about going to New Hampshire. And, if and you know, they have a series of snipers all around, I think. And if someone is spotted not living free. Yes. Yeah, you know, I'm concerned. You, I'm concerned. You ain't, ain't got to worry like, about them no more. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. I, I that's such a such a uh, no holds barred and no room for error sentiment live free or die i've just that never i'm very just direct never, new englanders that's it live free or die again you know, i, I we believe, always live free every second no I, I believe the sentiment is that uh they would rather live free than die they're not saying they're going to kill you for not living free they'd rather kill themselves <laughs> than live free Spent a lot of time in New Hampshire, Jeff. Uh, I don't know. I might be able to debate you on merit with that one. All right. So anyway, uh, Mark, you're continuing to travel through New England. Uh, we hope to see I'm you. I'm running there. away from the cases. I'm running away from the higher cases out there that are just in, infecting the lower half of the United States. I can't wait to hear from you uh, Wednesday from New Brunswick. We uh, we look forward to those Ooh. those moments as you continue north. Welcome uh, to, to after the, further review, eh? This is yeah, Mark Ferreira right. yeah. coming to you straight from BC, eh? That's right. Enjoy the free health care when you're up there, Mark, and uh, good luck on the rest of your travels. All right, I got a good show on tap today. We've got uh, some things to talk about. I don't know if you follow the sports, Mark, at all, but uh, something big Not happened right. yesterday we're going to talk about. Uh, and we also have our good friend Derek Abbott joining us. We haven't talked to Derek in a while, assistant football coach at the Coast Guard Academy. Um, and now we're, I guess it seems like, guys, we're, we're still moving forward with, uh, with this opening stuff. Um, despite the fact that we've, we've had some outbreaks and stuff. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting to, to see what Derek has heard. Uh, before we uh, jump into our progressive trivia, anything you guys want to throw out there that you think we need to talk about today? Because, you know, it's probably going to be all cam all the time uh, with a sprinkling of Dallas Cowboys just, just, just because we want to piss everybody off. Just because, yes. No, I think it is going to be all about that. Uh, you know, anytime we can talk about the New England Patriots, 
it's a good day in the sports world. And uh, we're going to talk about it more than once. A couple of topics for that with them today. Uh, actually, three if you count the ex, uh, uh, you know, quarterback uh, of the Patriots, Tom Brady, and, and what he's been doing. Uh, so yeah, I think it's going to be all Patriots all the time today, John, with a little Dallas Cowboys and obviously a little San Francisco something. I'm going to wedge it in. I'm going to shoehorn it in as best I can. I mean, it's just it's just yeah, the no, brand of the show. Right. We we know that. All right. So uh, we want to get to our good friend Derek Abbott uh, sooner than later. So let's start our progressive trivia for the day and get that out there. Looking for an NFL football player, past or present. This is the first uh, first time uh, there's been teamwork involved in the progressive trivia. It's actually my progressive trivia. But Mark, because he has instituted this all things must be visual from now on a rule, had to put it into the, uh, to the yeah, PowerPoint. It's, it's YouTube. All right. Well, I apologize. It's a visual, ahead. It's a visual medium, John Falcon. Understood. I un- I understand that. I just try to try to forget it as often as possible, so it doesn't affect my performance negatively. Uh, anyway, we're looking for an NFL football player, past or present. If you're watching on YouTube, hello. Here are your clues. If you're listening to the podcast, here are your clues. <laughs> here we go. Mark, going to share that. Uh, it's it's right shared. There. It's ready to go. There it is. Okay. All right. Uh, I played eight seasons. In the National Football League, I'm a two-time Pro Bowler. My career have completed over 66% of my passes, and I threw for over 9,000 yards in college. Pretty nebulous, Mark, but 9,000 yards in college is, is really, really good. Yes, and and uh, I, I agree. That's a great college uh, statistic. It's a great college clue because it's obviously a very successful college career. And uh, the, the number 66% is, is, is very solid. Two-time yeah. Pro Bowl. I played eight seasons in the NFL. That's the real nebulous clue, John. Yeah, That's the real nebulous clue. That's the one that threw me off. That's the one that threw me off really? from the top. Okay. Yeah. Because I, uh, I... You did I not think that, that was the number? No. I took, I took the tense that you chose and um, made a I'm, conclusion. As a result, uh, well, I, I let me let me let me just say because I want to be uh, I want to be fair, but uh, that would be my mistake in translating to you. I was going to say, or I should have said, I've played eight seasons in the NFL. So that threw me down a road that I never recovered from. <laughs> <laughs> well, then my work is done, and with no Indeed. further ado, let's move on to somebody who's actually competent. For the first time, we get bring somebody in who's competent in this show. Our good friend. Coast Guard Academy assistant football coach and Robert Morris University legend, Derek <laughs> Abbott. Derek, man, how are you? We haven't gotten to talk to you in a while. How you been over the last few weeks? Been good. Uh, working, uh, still working remotely. Um, getting a lot of work in uh, just watching film and recruiting and, uh, and, and, and that kind of stuff. Also, uh, a lot of golfing. I've seen golfing. that. Yes. Uh, getting a little bit better, but uh, we played we played earlier today and uh, definitely regressed uh, <laughs> by about two weeks. I was pretty upset about it. I played great yesterday, and then of course I come out and completely lay an egg. It's so. it's the most insidious game because I always say, and I'm a horrible golfer, and I haven't golfed in a long time. And I used to mm-hmm. golf with your dad, so he can he can let you know I was a horrible golfer. Golf so with Mark. No, no, well, he's he's terrible. He usually got bored by the eighth hole. And then he was just yeah. following the beer tra- cart for the rest of the day. <laughs> but uh, it's insidious because, and Mark, I think you'll agree with me, and I don't know if you golf, Jeff, but uh, you'll you'll hit 100 horrible shots, or in my case, 123 or four horrible shots in a round of golf. 
And then you'll just hit that one shot that you mm-hmm. go, oh, oh, there it is. Oh, I can find that again. And then again, you find it 122 shots in the next time you play. Insidious game. Well, yeah, you know, for me, you know, right. I've learned I've learned you have to practice, John. I've learned you have to like, you know, go out to the greens, do some practice rounds, what? practice your short game, practice your practice the, the drives. You need to get a practice. It's something that you've got to do. You can't just go out there and Wait for every 122 shots to have a good one. <laughs> well, all right. But, but I, I will agree with you. Uh, drive for show, putt for dough. All right. Uh, so work on your short game out there, everybody. Okay, Derek, you said it. You're still working remotely. Uh, bring us up to uh, up to date on where you are, when you think you're going to be getting back to Connecticut, what, what the timeline is for you guys moving forward. Well, well being stuck in Florida, you know, um, I just got – we were actually discussing plans today – uh, how we want to go forward with, with fall camp and, and the season and everything else. Um, supposed to report back August 17th, coming from Florida, I'll have to be there two weeks to quarantine um, beforehand. Um, and then, you know, in, in terms of the on-field stuff, you know, there's really three three phases that the NCAA has kind of put out. Uh, the first phase is you can only have like 10 guys uh, at once uh, for like 14 days. And then the next 14 days, it goes up to 50 and then uh, the third phase is you kind of um, you can kind of have everything back to normal for the most part. Um, you know, I've said this before. We're kind of in a unique situation with how how uh, secluded our guys are and how they, you know they we can all keep them on base and really keep track of them and make sure you know they're not going anywhere and doing something uh, that they're not supposed to. But um, it, yeah, like we, we were actually in the process. Um, of, uh, of figuring out how we want to do practice, you know, probably the idea with those 10, with those t- the first two weeks of just 10 guys, you probably want to have a lot of individual periods, work on a lot of technique stuff. You could still meet remotely too. So, you know, if we wanted to meet as an offensive staff and can't have everybody there, um, you know, you could all obviously just hop on a zoom meeting and just kind of do it from there. You know, we, we purchased a new app too um, called learn to win um, so we were, we're actually uploading our whole playbook onto this, this software program. And in the program, you're able to, your guys can go on there right on their phone and they can just take a quiz and, and study for themselves. So it kind of really helps them. And this is kind of a unique time where, where this is kind of the perfect situation for it. Uh, we don't have a lot of time as is to meet and everything like that. So, um, as is, but you know, this, I think will really help us. So we're all just trying to adapt and, and try to figure out ways. So I'm sure Bill Belichick's already got a plan in place, <laughs> but he had one through, he had a whole pandemic, uh, category in one of his, uh, office binders. <laughs> yeah. They've been working he's, on he's it since <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> He's already uploaded the playbook from you guys. He's already figured out how to in, in get the entire Coast Guard playbook. Uh, Derek, I do want to ask uh, about your uh, protocols for when players get sick and what's going to happen with that, if if and when they not even get sick but uh, test positive. Well, that's uh, what we – there's 270 back at the academy right now that just came back. Not athletes, but they um, they bring back different class cadets, so each – class so first class second class third class fourth class so it's basically like uh freshman senior sophomore that whole deal they bring them back by by class um they test them all when they get there and if they test positive they go to a um a separate uh dorm basically for two weeks and they got a quarantine in there um 
So I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, like I said, it, it'll work out of it in a unique situation that we can really control that a lot better than maybe some other places. Um, but, but everything that I've heard from, from the Academy is that it's been great. Um, they, they've handled that really, really well. I obviously haven't been there. Um, but, but we have a biweekly, um, athletic department meeting and everything sounded pretty positive. So, you know, our, our Admiral Kelly, you know, he wants to play, he wants to, he wants <laughs> everything to be normal and, and I'm right there with him. So he's, he's full steam ahead on that. Well, again, I think you're making the point that um, you, you guys, other military academies, are probably in as good a position to deal with this as any other schools around the country. But I do want to ask you, as a former college quarterback and a guy who knows about installing offenses in, with this uh, kind of uh, ever-changing landscape that you're looking at, how confident are you by game one that you'll have all of your offense uh, installed, and, or do you foresee uh, an idea where you may have to scale back a little bit on your playbook, both offensively and defensively, just due to time? Well, I think you're obviously going to have to scale back and kind of be smart and go with the things that you really, really know. Um, try to make it as simple as possible for the guys. You know, our, our offensive coordinator, Ray LaFort, does a great job with that and teaching, getting guys to understand that. Um, using that app, like I told you guys about, is just another way to do it. Um, if you go look back, I forget what year it was with the, with the year that the NFL had a strike. I, of course, Bill Belichick actually scaled back his defense and revamped it and made it much more simple. And I believe they won the Super Bowl that year or, or they made a, a deep playoff run as they always do. So it's just trying to always adapt and, and uh, whatever we have to combat that with. I know that our staff and our guys, you know, our guys are so freaking smart. I mean, they pick stuff up so so fast, and, and we've been running the same offense for a number of years now. So they're, they're able to pick stuff off a lot quicker than I ever could. Um, so, so we're pretty confident in them, and, and we're pretty confident in our coaching staff and being able to get things done uh, in a timely and uh, effective manner. That's outstanding. So you're, you're feeling pretty good then at this point in time, because it's been up and down, in and out, all over the place. Uh, you, you guys it's a did lot like no my golf game. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Like game. Up, down, and all over the place. So you just got to get ready for the next shot. That's kind of how this so, has been. Yeah. Everything, there you are. Everything's been coming back to golf. <laughs> it is that's a metaphor all for life. It's in your brain. That's all it's in your brain for the last three months. That's because that's all you've been, you've been doing. You when you're out there, you come up with some of the craziest ideas. I'm sitting there, I'm going, yeah, what if, what if we did this offense? I'm like, oh, wait, no, I got to make this putt. And then you start coming up with all these different ideas and, and, and everything. So, I mean, to me, it's been beneficial football-wise. You get start to get a little bit more creative with some of the things that you think about. Well, to that point, that's very interesting. How much input do you have into that playbook that's now on the app that Bill Belichick now has already downloaded? <laughs> and, <laughs> well, I, I have the unique pleasure of, of building it all. Um, so I got to upload wow. it to, and I got, I got to build the whole thing, which, you know, I don't mind it. It gives me something to do and keeps me from doing anything else. Uh, <laughs> that would not help. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I've been, I got to build that whole thing and, um, and we'll have it ready to go. And, and like I said, me, me and our offensive coordinator talk, um, and we talk, you know, what kind of things do we want to do with our personnel? What, what kind of guys do we have right now on our roster? How can we tailor what we have in the playbook now? Cause I mean, it's a huge 
it's like a huge bank. It's a huge database of stuff. Okay, but now how can we tailor it? How can we make a minor tweak here and there that kind of fits our skill set and what we do? Uh, when I was at Robert Morris, Joe Walton had a playbook that was about, I want to say, about 500 pages. And you had to learn, like, all these different packages and everything else, but you learned it. So then when we get into the season, he's not going to use the whole 500 plays or 500 pages, excuse me. He's going to use what he thinks is best week to week, but the guys already know it. So now you can adapt quickly because it's already in the back of their head. You can kind of move forward. Well, I tell you, that's the one thing coaches are going to this year learn to adapt as much as they ever had. And sometimes, to your point, it's the limitations like this that cause people to be more creative. And to that, I want to, before we uh, before we let you go, talking to uh, Coast Guard Academy uh, assistant football coach Derek Abbott, a uh, good friend of the show, um, we're talking the macro of college football because a lot of people are opining that if college football ramps up and uh, starts on time, that the first month of the season is going to be ripe for upsets. And this may be one of the most interesting opening months ever because mm-hmm. these this situation kind of uh, brings the teams are up here and the teams are down here a little bit closer together. Would you agree with that sentiment? I, I'm, I'm asking for any degenerate gamblers who may be listening if they think, you know, you should take Purdue over Alabama week one, and I don't even know that they're playing. I'm just making that up. Do you think the first week is going to be you know, going to be interesting? Did we lose there? Yeah, he's coming in and out. So, All right, well, uh, we, we'll see. We'll, that's a good. That's a good picture that's frozen on him right now. At least, I mean, it's uh, very solemn, thoughtful. It's as if he's if he's going through his entire playbook. This way, yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty fun. It is, it is, and uh, so you could, Derek, you get back in there in a second. But, but Mark, I know you've seen what I've seen about that, where people are saying not just in college yeah. football, but in pro football, that this that the situation is really going to in, in pro football. You know, the 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 line between good and bad teams is much closer than maybe any other sport, uh, any other professional sport. But in college football, particularly, it could be a wild first month. Yeah, I think so, too, and I, that's just where I'm going to put my Giants, uh, the wedging of the Giants in there. That's what I think could happen in baseball as well, John Pelkey, because, again, yes, the difference between teams is a little bit more pronounced in Major League Baseball than in the NFL, you're right, but it is it is a matter of a pitch here and there. It is a matter of an error here and there. It is a matter of a ball bouncing the right way here and there, and, again, when you only have 60 games and people people aren't in any sort of groove at all, any sort of grind at all, Anything can happen, and I think that's part of what, you know, it's a twofold thing about why people are so excited. First of all, they're just excited to see any sport at all. Yeah, they're, they're just, I mean, it, people cannot wait. NASCAR is probably getting their best ratings ever because it's I'm watching a lot of boxing, Mark. I'm watching a lot of boxing. It's something to watch, John Pelkey. And, and then the second thing with that is that there's going to be a lot of excitement about what's going to happen because it's the, the, the typical tropes, the typical uh, – slots that people put their teams in in terms of great mediocre horrible uh, may not exist and may not coalesce for for weeks to your point i i can't wait i can't yeah. wait the, watch for the giants gabe kapler watch for the, giants. <laughs> the, the other side of that <laughs> argument the other side of that argument though mark is that uh and particularly in college football is with less time to uh to to less classroom time less on field time to teach that it may actually be the teams just with the better athletes 
which I mean, is generally a, 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 a bar you can measure teams by. But it's not always the teams with the best athletes that win. But you may see some dominance by teams that are are just physically better teams because you don't have the time to invest in uh, more intricate offenses. Well, uh, that's that's very true. We do have a guest, by the way, John Pelkey, on uh, your progressive trivia. That is up there, and you may want to... Uh, it is not Joe Theismann. It is not know. Joe Theismann. All Speaking right. of Joe Walton, who was uh, Robert Morse, former Robert Morse coach and an offensive coordinator for the Washington Redskins. All right, well, we, we thank our good friend Derek Abbott. We had a little technical difficulty, and we'll probably have Derek back on the show, Mark, at some point uh, before yep. he heads back to New London, Connecticut. But it's interesting that even uh, even uh, at this early date, really, before July, uh, they are really packing the work in. Because I think, as I said before, I coaches, assistant coaches, head coaches, athletic directors, they're earning their paycheck this year like they never have before. You, you know what's interesting, guys, is that when Derek – the reason I brought this up about it, you've been up, down, all around with things is because – you know, a month ago, whenever we wanted him on on the show prior, uh, the Northeast was still in the thick of it yep. in terms of coronavirus battling out. And they didn't know what to do. They didn't know who to listen to. They didn't know whether to listen to the NCAA or or to the federal government or, or to the U.S. military, for crying out loud. And everyone was going, what's going on? Because it was and maybe it was six weeks ago. It was they, they were in the thick of it now. Yeah. Cases, I, I think Connecticut's one of the two states where cases are going down. Right. And they're ready to you know, put their hands together and get back to work, whereas it would be really interesting to, to, to see what offensive coordinators and the like as other assistant coaches of schools in the SEC may have more of a, I don't know, may, may have more of the attitude that the, the Coast Guard Academy had six weeks ago. I think it's very interesting. They're in Connecticut, and they are ready to get back to work. I doubt that's how, you know, the South or the West is feeling right now about their college football. Which is why it's difficult for any entity, uh, either college football, even conferences, uh, NFL football, Major League Baseball, to speak as one because not everyone is going through. We're all we, we we're all going through this COVID nineteen situation, but we're all at, at wildly different places in this at this point in time. It's, that's why it's been so hard to figure out. It's a big country. It's been very very hard to figure out. No one, you know, no one's gotten a handle on it thus far. It's been Nobody. it's been very difficult. All right. Well, let's uh, get on to our next set of clues in our progressive trivia before we talk about the dominant story in uh, the last month in sports easily. But uh, here we go for our second set of clues. First, let's revisit the first set of clues. Should say I've played eight seasons in the NFL, two-time Pro Bowler. My career pass completion percentage is 66%. That's very good. And I threw for over 9,000 yards in college. That's exceptionally good. See our second set of clues. I led the NFL in completion percentage one year. I think uh, that year was actually 69%, though he has, asked, has also thrown for uh, over 70%. But career passer rating, 96.8. I won a conference championship in college. Won a conference championship. That, did I say game in that, Mark? This season, I, shouldn't have, uh, I shouldn't have done that because he won a college conference championship. Not winning gotcha. a conference championship game. To give you an idea, his conference did not have a championship game uh, when the uh, when when he won the conference. 
Uh, and I never started more than five games until my fourth season. Once wow. again, led the NFL in completion percentage one year, career pass rating 96.8, won a college conference championship, not a championship, national championship, conference right. championship yes. uh, in college. And I never started more than five games until my fourth season. Do, do you want to revisit the first four again for our viewers? Uh, I did already once, but I could go back and do it one more time. It's if your you call. Like. No, I'll do it call. one more time. Eight seasons in the NFL, two-time Pro Bowler, 66% plus uh, pass completed, uh, completions uh, percentage. Why is that so difficult for me to say? And I, I threw for over 9,000 <laughs> yards in college. Yeah, just difficult to see. I'm trying to read it upside down here because it's kind of blurry on my screen. So there you oh, go. Okay. There Story of my life. All right, moving on. Let's get down to brass tacks here. Does it surprise you, either of you, that Cam Newton signed a one-year contract with the New England Patriots? Does it surprise me? Yes. Uh, yeah, it surprises me. Does it? Am I, am I, uh, well, well, you know, what's, what's the word? It, it, it surprises me because it was done. I'm not shocked that it was the Patriots. Let's put it that way. Okay. It, um, it was out in the ether for a long time. Uh, you know, a lot of people, I think, had forgotten about Cam Newton. Um, I think that uh, the, the Patriots... You know, we, 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 we always speculated about all that stuff all the time. But um, I am not shocked at all that he ended up with the New England Patriots. I'm surprised that it happened. Yeah, there was a surprising announcement yesterday yeah. in that sense. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, all right, to the Patriots. Because, you know, there was, a, there was some speculation at one point that Kaepernick could, could go to the, the Patriots. And essentially, you know, essentially, this is, um, you know, uh, you know, Kaepernick is sort of the poor man's version on a lot of levels of of Cam Newton, and um, I think it's a great move. And uh, no, I'm not. I'm I'm not shocked, but I was surprised yesterday. Were you? Uh, were you surprised? Were you more surprised because it was the Patriots, or were you more surprised that Cam signed this? I don't want to say early, but a lot of people. Most of the speculation was at this point that he wouldn't be signing probably until later in July. Yeah, I mean, it was it was the whole thing was surprising him, him signing at this point in time, him signing at all. You know, at, 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 it, there was uh, who knows with a guy like Cam Newton, who knows with the NFL in terms of when they've decided to move on from a player. And it was surprising that it, that the Patriots came out of the woodwork to do it. Now, am I sh once that settled in and maybe we're just talking semantics right now, John, because it sounds like you weren't surprised, but but I. Uh, once the initial surprise, if you will, and it may, again, maybe semantics, I was not shocked. It was like, of course, you know, it was yeah. like, whoa. And then seconds later, it was, of course. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think I was I was not uh, terribly surprised. Uh, one of the reasons is I kept hearing how happy the Patriots were with Jarrett Stidham. And to me, that's the kiss of death when they're that happy with you. But there, there was it was kind of. Uh, there, there were never really, really specifics about why they were happy with him. Yeah. And uh, so I guess I thought the Patriots would probably make a move of some sort. I was surprised, actually, that it happened now. I really thought after it not having happened 
a couple of weeks ago, within the last 10 days or so, it seemed like, and I'm just going through what I've read from people who apparently know more, uh, the, the thinking was he wouldn't be signed now until later in July. One of the, th- one of the issues being, uh, Mark, that uh, because of what's going on, uh, on-site workouts and on-site uh, medical evaluations are just not available to teams. And with Cam, the biggest issue is whether or not he's healthy because he hasn't been healthy since the first half of the 2018 season. Yeah, but if you go back to that 2018 season, and that is the that is the that is the problem with Cam Newton. It's not his play. Right. It's not how his skills were diminishing really at all. He was having a great season in 2018 before uh, he got nicked up with that soldier uh, uh, the, the shoulder injury that uh, eventually. You know, he had to bow out, I think, after game 14 in the uh, in the 2018 season. He had a very good run, John, before that happened. I think he had thrown 15 pass uh, touchdown passes, only four interceptions. He had uh, he had been running a lot. And the and the Panthers, you know, that first half of the season, they were six and two. Yeah, they were six and and two. And they just come off as a, a playoff season prior to that when they were 11 and five. So, I mean, Cam Newton was not only fine, but maybe playing at his best that he's ever had. Yeah, and I think it was actually the foot injury that caused him to lose the season, that the shoulder had seemingly improved to a certain extent. Yeah, and in fact, he was 10th uh, in the league in passer rating. He was the top third of the league in passer rating in 2018 through that 6-2 and two run. And he ended up uh, 12th in, uh, in quarterback rating at the same uh, period of time. Um, it's... Again, I think I think the big issue with Newton was the inability for any team to bring him in for a workout or take a look at him. Uh, now, let me ask you the tinfoil hat question as to did all of this occur uh, on the same day that the Patriots were fined and lost a draft choice over illegally filming the Cincinnati Bengals practice? Because a lot of people think this is this is controlling the narrative, man. It would have been all we would have talked about today was that the Patriots had to pay a fine and they got caught cheating again. Instead, we're talking about Cam Newton and the fact that they've now moved up on everyone's board to, if not the best team in the AFC East, from what some people thought may be the worst team in the AFC East, to probably a wild card level team if Cam Newton's healthy. So is the conspiracy theory generated from, is the conspiracy, uh, does it uh, originate in the NFL office? Or does it originate with Bill Belichick? Because I think if it originates in the NFL office and the NFL wants continual positive coverage, whence you know, whilst we're talking about the National Football League, then I can buy it. If it originates from Bill Belichick, I can't because I don't think he gives a flying rat's ass about any narrative. There's 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 clearly. A, a, a boatload of evidence that says he does not care about what anyone thinks of his team, about what anyone thinks of him. Well, I don't know that I agree with you 100%. One of the reasons that I think it wouldn't come out of the NFL office is because basically the story was that the NFL would, had cracked down. So I think in some ways they would have thought, look at look at this. Everybody always tells us we have a pro-patriot uh-huh. bias. Look at this. Mil, what is it? 1.1 million and a third-round draft choice that they're going to lose. It. And Let's let's face it. Very few teams use those lower draft choices any better than the Patriots do. Not always by picking someone, but just moving those around um, uh, to put themselves in a better position. Um, And I think this I would agree with you normally, Mark, but I think because this one is another cheating thing and the fact that Brady's left, 
I, I think Belichick may be a little more uh, concerned, if you will, with his legacy and how he's viewed. You wouldn't agree with that? You know, I, you know, it, it's, it's the, it's the thing about dismissing these kinds of things right off the bat. It's like it, 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 it has always bugged me when the story stops becoming about the story and becomes about this, you know, meta thing that is, you know, what's controlling what, who's controlling who. It, it, it's, it's one thing. We, we, we freely admit we don't have a lot of evidence about how Cam Newton can do because we don't have any medical. We haven't seen him work out. We're, fr- we're freely admitting to that, which actually, by definition, is a lot more information in, than speculating as to why Bill Belichick would release this this day and not this this the other day. It's, it's um, you know, trafficking in this kind of speculation <laughs> is like, s- you know, seven layers out into space compared to trafficking in the speculation about Cam Newton. And it's always bugged me that when we stop talking about the actual story, between the long we've lost mark for a moment here so we're gonna have to well it's, it's all right i was about to I, I was about to disagree with him i understand what he's saying jeff i mean i get that but i think it's naive uh and i think we have mark back but i think it is naive to think the teams aren't don't pay attention to the pr there's plenty of evidence that there were years when the new york mets felt they had to make a move because the Yankees had made so many moves and were so ubiquitous that they needed to get back uh, a little bit of the juice in New York. So I think, Mark, you, you, you've returned, and I don't know if you heard exactly what I said uh, through I all of that. But, I, I mean, I think, there, I think there is some of that, and there's also speculation with the Patriots that, that it's Bob Kraft who is concerned with the way things are viewed. Well, I think – he has another trial or something regarding yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, his his problem, and so there you may have some evidence there. I think I think there's some evidence there. I don't know if the the Mets is a great analogy because there it, it it's the bubble of New York City, right? And I'm just they're dealing with don't... New York, and it's also the Mets. I, I don't know of any other teams. You know what I mean? That that spend that much time worrying about. I mean, it just shows you like maybe we shouldn't worry about what people think of us because when you do, you get to be the Mets. I think that's enough evidence to say, let's do what we want to do. I don't, I, I would, I would think the Bob Kraft thing, maybe to get that off because, because you read the, you read the articles, you read about the fines, you read about Cam Newton, and it's always just this other link about Bob Kraft and an appellate court or some sort of thing. And I, I just skipped over it. And maybe that's where the conspiracy comes from. I think that has some more legs in my opinion. Well, I think, honestly, I don't disagree with you there. I think what it really comes down to is in the last few days, the Patriots have been in contact with uh, Cam Newton, and Newton was willing to accept a deal that was incentive-laden, could pay him up to $7.5 million, is worth nowhere near that uh, for, for this season without those incentives being met. And it seems to me, it really doesn't seem like a roll of the dice. You You have a former MVP who, to your point, Production went down, but in years where he was most um, was the most healthy, as, as was pointed out in a number of articles that I read, he was at least somewhere in the middle of the pack as quarterback. And, uh, you know, if it's that guy, if that's the guy they get, the 16th best quarterback in the NFL, as opposed to what was second year rookie or second year player 
with limited experience on a really inexpensive contract, that just seems to be a no-brainer to me. I agree wholeheartedly. I think Cam Newton is a great call by the New England Patriots as a as a football decision. You're you're right, John. And and we look at two, 2018 through those first eight games. Yeah, it was tenth in passer rating, but his. Uh, completion percentage was like up to 66, 67. Yep. It's normally somewhere in the mid 50s. I mean, he was having a North great Turner. year. It's North similar, Turner. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and 15, he had a great year, but now you have North Turner, and North Turner always turns around offenses, always turns around quarterback play. And he was in the middle of that kind of run. So, uh, you know, I think it's a great move to your point. Uh, Stidham was what? I would say 45th probably best quarterback <laughs> right. in the in the National Football League. Probably there were a lot of a few backups. Probably half the backups are probably better than him just in terms of experience and everything else. So yeah. Regardless, regardless they have raised their stock. They are now a player again in the AFC East. They are now ready to uh you know not necessarily fold the tent whichever I thought. I didn't think they had a shot at the playoffs and now certainly they do. Well, and Joe Conley, one of our uh, watcher slash listeners, was asking, you know, wasn't it isn't it against the rules for Cam to, to go there and work out? Uh, well, they what they really lost was the ability to individually work out free agents and also get their own medical people evaluating him. That's the main thing that teams have lost, um, and everyone had lost it. And, and a, a number of teams had anonymous sources saying we we would have brought Cam in to work him out to and to. Uh, uh, to get medical information on him, we just couldn't do it because of the virus. So, uh, it, you know, it, does, do you think this makes, uh, and we'll move away from this story and back to progressive trivia, but uh, do you think this makes New England the favorite to win the division, or do you now think that they're a, a favorite to make the playoffs? I think they have a, a much better chance of making the playoffs. I still think I'd probably lean toward uh, Buffalo. Winning, winning the division, but it, it's going to make that race interesting. I mean, I, I can see them now as opposed to winning six or seven games, which is what I thought it was going to be. I can see them get, getting nine, maybe getting ten. And, you know, those Buffalo-New England games are going to mean something, and we'll see. You know, Cam uh, was you know Cam was in Florida. Cam was in Auburn. Cam was in North Carolina. It, it's going to be a lot colder uh, than what he's used to uh, in terms of day in and day out. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But I think I think the Patriots are now a player in the AFC East and um, have a shot at the playoffs, have a legitimate shot at the playoffs, which I thought they had none prior to this. So, yeah, it, it's yeah. a great move, and it's New England, and it's Cam Newton. It's right. like lightning rod after lightning rod after lightning rod. Come on. It's a huge thunderstorm created yesterday in the National Football League. Yeah, and I think if you're just on uh, Cam Newton's part, smart move by the Patriots, smart move by Cam Newton to say, hey, uh, to come and play in New England, give me, give me that opportunity. I mean, that could change the narrative of, of, of his career. And again, this guy only five years re- removed from being an MVP, and really yeah. the main reason he did get up to that status again and he's, was injuries. And what is he, 31? I mean, I think still, he, he may be as much as 33. I, I, I think th- maybe. I know he's younger than Ryan Tannehill. I know that to be the case, that, which really, really <laughs> shocked go. me. I think he's, I think he's thirty-two, maybe, uh, and and I mean that's you know that's pretty young still for an NFL quarterback. It really is. I mean, considering that Tom Brady is eighty-seven, he's and he's uh, thirty-one. Uh, just turned thirty-one a month ago. Oh, okay. okay. So there you go. So, so he's really, 31. 
really four or five okay. seasons is not even four or five seasons isn't even being like overly optimistic. Most guys who have been successful starters in the league have played till they were 35 or 36 years old. Uh, yeah. Injuries notwithstanding. So that's true. So let's see. It's it's a great story. It's a it's a lot of fun. And uh, I will say that uh, everybody in Buffalo is gritting their teeth a little more coming into the season than they were before. And they Miami. Were, Odds on favorite in Buffalo. You know, Miami was kind of a sexy pick, but everybody's like, Buffalo's made that steady climb, steady climb. And oh my God, would that not turn people against the Patriots if they were able to reload and get a 75% of 2015 Cam Newton? I just, I love it personally. I love it because I just, I, you know, it's, it's just the thing. It's, it's the greatness thing, John, that I love. And, you know, Bill Belichick has figured out somehow losing Tom Brady, and now they're still a possible favorite in the in the AFC East. And and it's not only that, but it's also the rest, to your point, the rest of the AFC East teams who are oh. thinking after 20 years, thank the Lord, they've been on their knees thanking God that after 20 years, they have this burden off of them, and then no. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's, I don't know why I derive pleasure from that. It, it's so much, so, so much, so much fun. All right. Let's get back to our progressive trivia. Final set of clues in our progressive trivia. Again, looking for an NFL football player, past or present. We had a Steve McNair guest during that discussion, and that is not correct. So far, Theisman McNair, our two guesses, neither of those is correct. So let's go back to the board. We'll give you our original eight clues and the final four play. I've played eight seasons. In the NFL, I'm a two-time Pro Bowler. My career pass completion percentage is 66% plus, over 66%. And I threw for over 9,000 yards in college. Led the NFL in completion percentage once. I won a conference championship in college. Won a conference championship, not a championship game. There wasn't one in his conference when he won it. Uh, Never started more than five games a season until my fourth season. Never started more than five games a year till my fourth season. Final set of clues. I also played a career What's passer it? rating ninety six point eight. Oh, sorry, skip that one. Career passer rating ninety six point eight. Thank you, Mark. Uh, all right, final four clues. This should uh, help everybody. I played for two NFC teams. I played in the Big Ten. I'm four and three in the playoffs, and I signed the largest per year contract in NFL history. That should get people there, don't you think? I think so. All I right. So. All right, let's jump uh let's jump into our potpourri section of the show, Mark Ferreira. Um we we touched on it briefly. The Patriots, one point one million dollars, I believe, third round draft choice for the uh filming of the Bengals. Just quickly, because we don't have a lot of spend a time spend a lot of time with this. Do you in any way see this as um tarnishing their reputation, this well, particular situation? I think people that have wanted to believe that the Patriots are cheaters uh, have confirmed it again, and people that have defended the Patriots for all these years uh, will say, well, you know, they volunteered this. They uh, they gladly, uh, they turned themselves in, essentially. And um, they told, well, they didn't turn themselves in, but they uh, readily admitted it was on them that they had hired a, you know, a gig worker, uh, a vendor, <laughs> people, and, uh, people. Yes, gig those workers. gig workers who have gotten right what they deserve right people. now. Oh, by the way, none of them are working. <laughs> and um, right, 
And uh, and they readily admitted it was them. There was no fight back like there was with the original Spygate. And, you know, I, I think the people that have defended the New England Patriots all these years will say, well, look at that They're You know, they're this was a mistake. Why would they care about a two win Cincinnati team? And the people that have said they've cheated their whole lives will have said, well, they got caught with this one. You know, it wasn't as if they decided to cheat with the two win Bengal team. They just happened to get caught. They do it so much. The odds are that they're going to even the Patriots who are their micro micro, you know, microscopes on every bit of their behavior still got caught. That's what those people will say. I'm somewhere in the middle. I don't really care personally that much. I don't understand, to tell you the truth, why filming a practice is so verboten when they get they get film on everyone else. I mean, they they study film. They study film. So why is filming wrong? I don't well, I get guess that. The practice situation is what. Well, you know, let me just push back against that. In a practice situation, it, you could be installing and doing different things that you hadn't done before. You were going to try to surprise the team with. Um, you know, teams have done that before. Come out in a formation you've never done before. And if you've actually seen practice video of this, then you you get a little uh, hint as to what they're doing. And as Derek Abbott said earlier, playbook maybe 500 pages, but you're not using all 500 for any given game. And what it'll do is it'll it will allow you to see what they're working on for that week upcoming, or some things that they may be doing in practice that you haven't seen them do. It, it, to, to your point, I, I mean, I don't I don't think it tips the scales a great deal. And, I, and I've never thought that the Patriots championship run should have an asterisk around it. But, you know, it is one more thing where they they are they may not step over the line. Sometimes maybe they do, but they are certainly happy um, peering over the line at times. Well, uh, and Derek Abbott, who has told me he was he was he had connected back. But we've, um, you know, unfortunately moved on from that interview. He just texted me now that they were it was a documentary. That was the, you know, the excuse of the reason that uh, the Patriots said it was a it was part of a, you know, be professional documentary about how to do your job. I think that's what it was called. Do your job or something along right. those lines. If you're here, According- cheat. <laughs> yeah. If, according to Derek Abbott, yeah, doing your job means this, uh, that they were trying to pick up uh, hand signals, sure. trying to pick up hand signals, Cincinnati, Cleveland. And so to your point, yes, I understand where it's wrong. I, I, I went a little overboard with that. That was really not a well thought out argument, to tell the truth. But, yeah, I guess, you know, any no, very meta, any any. Um, any advantage that Bill Belichick has tried to get over the years, he has tried to get, and he has pushed the obviously pushed the line. And um, to your point at the beginning of the show, John Pelkey, it's a game of inches. So if you know point oh 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 level of deflation makes a difference, that might make the difference. If one hand signal, even from the Browns or even from the Bengals, uh, makes a difference, it might. The ironic thing about the whole thing. Is that it's the they had the Bengals, the two win Bengals to play, and then they had the five win Dolphins to play, and they needed to win both those games, and they would have had the number two seed in in the playoffs. The number two seed, they would have right. had someone come to them, and they would have had to go to Kansas City at that point in time. Instead, they were you know the fifth seed or whatever it was, or the sixth seed. They had to play every game on the road, or um, I think maybe maybe Tennessee had to had to. Go to Tennessee New England. Had to go to New England. Yeah, Tennessee. Had. Still, they were they had to play an extra playoff game because they couldn't beat the Dolphins. So, you know, it really didn't help them last year, and um, I don't think it. I don't think it tarnishes their reputation because people already think they're that way. 
Yeah, I don't. Or, think, yeah. or they don't. Or they don't. Can I can I jump back to Joe's uh, comment here? I think yeah. he was asking, do we think that the Patriots worked out Cam Newton against the rules, and if they cheated? And my answer oh. is yes. Ah, uh, all right. I, I, you know, I guess I guess that you could speculate that, and 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 evidence to the, what we just talked about is that they will they will push the envelope. Um, and I, I, you know, and I have to be really honest. That, that wouldn't bother me a whole hell of a lot, frankly, because I, I think that the the idea of not being able to get these medical uh, th- these guys either worked out or with your own medical people examining them is a really difficult hurdle to overcome. It, and I, I know everybody has to overcome it. It does seem odd to say these guys can't go see doctors during a pandemic. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. It really does. It really does. I, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, and we've seen it, we'll get to this next about uh, how people are kind of uh, pushing that boundary in terms of private workouts and, and the thing. So it's happening out there. And, you know, is it, is it beyond the pale to think that New England actually found out and, and is fine with his health? It is not beyond the pale at all. Uh, I just push back a little bit on people thinking, you know, the first thing they say is that, you know, it's either Tom. If, if they talk about Tom Brady, he's a system quarterback. And if they talk about the New England Patriots going to nine Super Bowls, uh, it's because they cheat. I think that's just sour grapes. Sorry. I think it's sour grapes. I think you're, you're not looking at the big picture. Yes. Do they, you know, it's like, it's, it's not even like looking at Barry Bonds and saying he was a hall of famer before he, before he uh, allegedly started using steroids. It's, uh, (laughs) he was by the way, it's even more, it's even more of a myopic argument than that, in my opinion. So that's what I push back on. I don't think they got to nine Super Bowls because they, they, they cheated. I think, Solid five of them. They got there on their own. All right. Let's, you brought it up. Let's move on to the next uh, cause celeb in the NFL. And that is that uh, uh, Tom Brady uh, has gone against uh, CDC regulations and uh, in the world order and has uh, instituted uh, workouts with his receivers and stuff over there in, uh, in down there in Tampa Bay. Um, it, so what are, what are the regulations he's going against, John? Uh, well, I, are they I, not wearing masks? I guess they're not wearing masks. Uh, they're congregating together. I I, I don't know. I, the, the video I saw was they were out on a, like a high school field throwing the football around, and, and I sort of thought the same thing. Um, but I mean, Dor- Demoris Smith has come out and uh, uh, criticized him for it. Um, now I think some of that is because what the union doesn't want is other teams looking around at their players and going, "Hey, look at these guys, huh?" Because again. Not everybody is going to be comfortable in those situations. There are going to be guys who are not comfortable getting together like that. I completely understand that. I also understand the guys who say that they are cool with it. Um, but I think it's really a, much ado about nothing. And, but it, and it doesn't surprise me one iota that Tom Brady is out there working out in the offseason. Well, so is Russell Wilson. And yeah. he's generally regarded as a patron saint of the National Football League at this point in time. And um, so he's doing the same thing. And to me, if, if you're throwing passes, you, you, you know, or, or just practicing plays, I mean, from someone from here to six feet away, you can yell out the play to that. You don't have to get in a huddle for that right. kind of thing. And um, maybe you don't have a mask, but you're outside. You're, you're socially distant. I think I don't know what the big deal is. I, I think part of it is, is that to your point, the union doesn't want the owners to start saying, okay, 
right. OTAs. We're going to we're going to do socially distant o- OTAs and you're required to come back to do that. And uh, that's what they don't want to have I, happen. I and, feel, and to your point. Go ahead, Jeff. I feel like if the union wants to stop Tom Brady from doing this, they should just st- start calling it the Eli Manning virus. The only <laughs> thing that can beat Tom Brady. <laughs> wow, it's his kryptonite. Yeah, do you see Absolutely. what Tom Brady tweeted about in his reaction to it? No, <laughs> no what, what? I missed it. The only thing to fear is fear itself. He quotes FDR, which you know, ah, God, it's, people use it's, that a lot. I know they do. They can use it for whatever reason. And uh, I mean, I think to me, you know, just be responsible. I don't know why you can't throw passes. To, to your receivers. And yeah, just I don't run routes. It should be pointed out that uh, during the 1982 NFL strike, um, my hometown, Washington Redskins. So I'm going to get some. I'm going to get some red. I'm going to get some skin stuff in here since Mark's shoehorning Gabe Kapler into every show, no matter what we're talking about. And Barry um, Bonds alleged. I know. Uh, I know. Alleged steroids. Yeah, he alleged. I know. I know. Hit home runs too. Yes. That, and I noticed you only mentioned him. Uh, you know, Barry Bonds is a pirate trying to throw people off the trail. Uh, you know, well, he was with the pirates. He was not taking. So people would forget that uh, when he moved to San Francisco, he felt the need to cheat. And I don't know why, why that's the case. But, um, but uh, Joe, what, is, what is cheating really? What is cheating? <laughs> what is that's an excellent existential question uh, that we'll tackle in the deep dive at some point. Mark's probably yes. got books about that just rotting away on his uh, on yes. his porch. You know, my yes, books I are do. rotting, but they are they're rotting yes. away on your porch. It's just really gonna be odd. You know, it's all Florida heat. You know, it's been yeah, very hot. It, I've been told. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 ugly down here at this point. But in '82, uh, you know, teams weren't allowed to get together during the. Uh, the strike uh, with coaches and all of that, you know, they had, they had to stay away from that. And Joe Theismann actually organized workouts for the team on those, uh, for those, that month and a, that would, how, how long, that was like a six week uh, strike in 82, maybe even a little more. That was a long, that was the long strike in 82. I think they only played eight yeah. games that season. Yeah. And that was when they um, didn't right. have scabs come in. They learned right. a lesson. Five right. Years that was later. 87. That was 87. Yeah. But uh, so one of the reasons that the Redskins were good as they were, uh, Joe Gibbs says, because Joe Theismann took it upon himself to work out with his guys when they could have just been sitting around. So we'll see. We'll see. The uh, odds of a Buccaneer Patriot Super Bowl just went up. So that's what everybody uh, is. If their team's not going to get I mean, there, come on. Clearly won't. Come yeah. on. Come on. Yankees, Dodgers, and Come Patriots, on. and Buccaneers yeah, would be... We'll, we'll wrap up this horrible year with a nice bow. We'll have a really great World Series. We'll have a really fun Super Bowl. I mean, at least matchups. A, a perfect matchup in baseball and football. And we, you know, we, we, we tie a nice little bow on this year and then kick it into the sea. The only reason why um, I think the football one might happen is because that's actually going to happen in 2021 when things might not completely suck. When... When the when the year is actually over, good call, good call. That's a really good point. Couple couple more things that we want to cover here, uh, Mark. They uh, they canceled the Hall of Fame game. Uh, would you like me like to make this a permanent thing? <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Talk about. I mean, it, it might as well be an talk about a who seven on seven game. I mean, guys yeah, have been back be to a, a flag like football seven on seven would be a lot of fun. Guys Let's have been there that. like eight days at that point. And, uh, I mean, I guess it's fun for a lot of guys who are not, not going to get on the field anymore. But, my gosh, talk about talk about a paint-drying competition. Holy hell. 
That that's, the, that's the only time I had a chance to interview Bill Belichick was the 2000 Hall of Fame game between the 49ers and the New England Patriots. And uh, Bill Belichick was beginning his first year with the uh, New England Patriots. So he was quite pleasant, quite nice. It's b- before he learned, uh, you know, that the only way to deal with the media is to just essentially not tell them anything and just say we're getting ready for Cincinnati. And oh, by the way, evidently, they're really getting ready for Cincinnati. I got to go watch your legal film on. I mean, I got to go get ready for Cincinnati. Oh, God. I need an inner monologue. By the way, that's Bill Belichick's inner monologue. It talks like this, oddly. Um, Very odd. The Hall of Fame game. Never never really saw the whole point in the Hall of Fame game. All right, but, uh, before we get out of here, the Mississippi uh, House of Representatives and the Senate have decided to remove the Confederate battle flag from the state flag. Um, wow, I, I just think that's great. I think that's great. And and, and really, uh, the, uh, a very good majority of Mississippians agree. Um, and uh, again, the, we can have arguments about statues and whether they should be torn down or perhaps instead put in their proper context with whatever, uh, w- yeah. w- whatever signage is around them and everything. But I think this taking that flag off of a state flag, I, I think that that's just that's the right thing to do long past the point that it should have been. And I like to think that some of these athletes at these colleges in Mississippi and coaches and athletic directors who stepped up and said, uh, yeah, this is, this, this is not a good look uh, anymore, nor has it been for a long time played a part in that. I think it's great. Okay. First of all, Lenny, please Dodgers angels. I mean, you know, no. And new England, Seattle. I mean, if it ends the same way, then yes, I'm all for it. And if somehow the Angels beat the Dodgers and they have still yet to win a World Series since 1988, then I'm all for it. I other, think, other than that. I think the only way that the Angels make it to the World Series is if Mike Trout learns how to pitch every other day. Yeah. I want to uh, address the Mississippi flag thing. I want to say that it, I, I give them a lot of credit because, John, as you know, both sides tend to overplay their hand when when they smell a little blood in the water. And, and you know, when you're tearing down statues of George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, eh, you know, you're overplaying your hand. Frankly, you're you're giving you're you're making it about something that it's not. And so a, there's a lot of that kind of distraction out there right now. And I'm, I give the Mississippi uh, legislature a lot of credit for keeping their head down about what's obviously needs to change. This is a clear, you know, not only 80% of Mississippians, but 80% of the, uh, of the, of citizens of the United States feel the same way. So it's one of those things where we can agree and we can do something right and we can move on and it should be celebrated. And I, and I say hats off, you know, because yes, it's far too late, John, but guess what? Those folks in that legislature, they got it done. Right. All those other legislatures didn't. Right. And they did. Yeah, so, I, I didn't want to. I, I didn't want to. I was in no way uh, complaining that uh, out, outside of just, you know, the basic idea that many of these things, m- most of these things should have happened a long time ago. I'm not uh, I'm not throwing any shade I'm towards that legislature. Good very for happy. Them. Yeah, good for very them. happy. Well done out of them. All right. Uh, anything else in the potpourri you want? on mark before we uh, give the answer to our progressive trivia which uh no, jeff i just want to let you know that i i did a slide i did a slide so you can go through all the clues again okay and uh, and then we can do that so uh, but i i have to set that up though jeff real quick yeah yeah, yeah so yeah, let yeah, me yeah. set that let all me right. set that up we're ready to go whenever 
compelling. I know it is. Stuff. I know. I hey, know. No, hey, we're letting people see behind. We're, we're letting people see behind the, uh, the veil. Hey, this is a big <laughs> production. This is a big production happening in. It really is. Three really different is. locations. One of them almost in Canada. <laughs> yeah. How about that? How Mark's, about that? Come on. Mark's on the run, headed north. All right. <laughs> it I was just a matter eight. of time, Johnny. <laughs> it really was. Just I played, a matter of time. They, they shut down Broadway until 2021, and Mark said, that's it. I'm bugging out. There's no reason to stay in New York, and I'm not I'm not heading down into the tire fire that is the Sun Belt. All right. I played eight seasons. I, I've played eight seasons in the NFL, the current player, actually, two-time Pro Bowler. Career completion percentage is over 66%, threw for over 9,000 yards in college. That one really surprised me when I looked it up. That's big. That's Very big. much. But four-year starter. So that's part of it. I'll let the NFL in completion percentage one year. My career passer rating is a, a formidable 96.8. Won a, a championship. A, he actually won a share of a conference championship, but did win a conference championship in college. Uh, never started more than five games until my fourth season. Final set of clues. I played for two NFC teams, played in the Big Ten. My NFL playoff record is four and three, and I signed what was the largest per year contract in NFL history. And it was a blockbuster and surprised a lot of people. The answer is Kirk Cousins. Uh, Kirk Cousins, over 9,000 yards at Michigan State, got a share of the Big Ten championship. He did actually play, Mark, in the first Big Ten championship game. They lost, I believe, to Ohio State in that game. Um, but uh, Kirk Cousins, who was a very successful quarterback in college, drafted in the fourth round by the Washington Redskins as an insurance policy for Robert Griffin III, and then goes into, I believe, what was his um, six, out of his sixth season in Washington, fifth or sixth season, signs the largest per year contract in uh, in NFL history. And I, for one, as a Redskin fan, wish he just would have stayed in Washington. I, yeah. I had always advocated for that. So many but, uh, insurance you, plans you just don't pay out. Oh, so was he, I. I think Redskins yeah. fans were fans of Kirk Cousins. He Kirk. played well. He, I mean, he played well. He started a playoff game his rookie season. He didn't start, but he came in and played in a playoff game his rookie season. And then I believe in his second or third season started, played very, very well. Uh, didn't have a, terrible, a, a lot of success in big games. Uh, part of that, if we look back and see, the Washington Redskins are horrible on national television and have been for a long time. So he played poorly in Monday night football. The team as well played poorly in Monday night football games. And, you know, four and three in the playoffs, seven games in is not terrible. But it's just no. a guy who never gets, uh, in my mind, enough credit. And, in fact, paid the price for that incredible contract for a while. Everybody, it held him up for, uh, it set a bar for him that I don't don't think was fair for a guy who's a, a very good NFL quarterback, and he had a contract that would seemingly have gone to a superstar. He, he, yeah, got, he, he got caught up in the, the fight between ownership and the coaches that About they didn't RBK, want yeah, yeah. With, with Robert Griffin, and he was in the middle of it, and I think that wore him out toward the team, and he wanted to go more than they didn't want to keep him. But they got rid of Robert Griffin before, uh, before Cousins was gone, and uh, I just think he, he was, you know, he was part of that whole drama, though. Oh, I know. I know. Him, I know. He came in the same year. I, yeah. I, I remember yeah. all of that. I talked to Jim Haslam, who was the defensive, co defensive coordinator for the Redskins at that time. And I mean, his position was he's like, yeah, Kirk played well for us. But, you know, at the time, Griffin was as dynamic a player as there was. 
in the NFL. But I just think it's interesting all these years later, Robert Griffin is a, an afterthought in the NFL, backup quarterback for maybe the best team in football, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, and Kirk Cousins uh, continues to have success uh, in uh, in Minnesota. And uh, again, I, I think uh, I think Washington made a mistake letting him go. And it'll be interesting to see what uh, what the Vikings can do this year. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree. I think, uh, you know, he won a playoff game last year, uh, you know, ran up against the buzzsaw of the uh, San Francisco 49ers after that. But, uh, you know, again, has Green Bay gotten better in the north? Maybe, maybe not. I think I think Minnesota, uh, you know, they lost digs. So that's yeah. going to be an interesting thing to, for them to recover from. And you've got Chicago and Detroit. I think Minnesota is going to be, you know, right there in terms of the playoff picture. Certainly. It's going to be really interesting because uh, a lot of a lot of people seem to think that Matthew Stafford's going to have a really good b- bounce back year. That uh, he had dealt with some injury issues and quietly was putting together a um, a really good year. So well, they uh, might, and they might make the playoffs. But as we know, they haven't won a playoff right. game since nineteen. Well, no, I think they won a few playoff games after nineteen ninety one, or did they? Is that their last playoff? I victory? think that could might be, be their last playoff victory. It yeah, could be their could. last playoff victory. And again, they haven't won a championship since nineteen fifty seven. So. It's a, a franchise that we can pretty much count on for if they do indeed have the occasional good year that they'll, you know, be one and done in the playoffs. Well, and you bring I mean, up I, a good, I, I mean, come on. I, well, but you also bring up a good point. The NFC North is not strong. Answer, you know, fill in the blank. The NFC North is um, Chicago. Obviously, quarterback issues is going to be Trubisky. If will Foles get that gig um, again, to your point, Detroit, you know, Detroit is the perennial seven and nine to nine and seven team that sometimes will go four and 12 and might win 10 one year, but that's really where the ceiling is for them. Um, Minnesota seemingly the best team and green Bay to your point, did they really improve themselves? They used their first draft pick on a guy who, if they're doing what they're doing correctly, probably won't see the field for two to three seasons. So should, should be interesting. Should be interesting. Some people opining that they think that uh, that uh, maybe the Packers should uh, put a uh, put a package together for their new uh, their new toy, their new quarterback, whose name clearly escapes me right now, which is why I'm <laughs> talking around it as their, much as I possibly can. Their new toy, their new toy. Yeah. What's, yeah. what's the name? Why is that escaping I thought, me? Just, I, I thought uh, Jordan I Love. I, Jared, what? Jordan Love. Jordan Love. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan Love, Love. That, that maybe that uh, that uh, they I thought need you to... said they were going to put an end to Aaron Rodgers. I thought that's no. where you were headed for. No, 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 no. Packers that... have decided to put an end to Aaron Rodgers. That they th- that there there are people out there who think that they should put in like Taysom Hill like packages for him and get him mm-hmm. get him into the game. I I for one am a fan. Uh, I know if Derek Abbott were still here, he 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 said as and knows more about football than I'll ever. He's forgotten more than I'll ever know, but said he'd prefer a guy sit the whole year. I like the idea of the rookie quarterback getting in in some level. Getting oh, do in. you? And yeah, I, I do. I like to see them. I like to see them how they react to game speed. Um, I, I just think that's important. There's no substitute for real game experience in my mind. Green Bay Packer I, history disagrees with you. I know. Yeah. I know. With, San with Francisco 49er history disagrees with you as well. Right, and with, even New England Patriot history uh, uh, disagrees with you. Well, I don't care. It's my opinion. <laughs> I like it. I know, and it's your show. So there it and, is. And I mean, Green Bay Packers, you one time, one time. Well, I mean, in the last forty years of the NFL football, you know, Joe Montana, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady. It's a pretty good argument for sitting. You know, Brett Favre also, by the way. So twice, 
if you count the Atlanta Falcons. But the other side of that is, you know, John Elway, Dan Marino. They're guys who did start and started early. Peyton Manning, Troy Aikman. Um, So if you can keep them healthy, if you can keep them healthy, I think getting them on the the field in some way. I'm not saying play them a lot. I think just getting them on the field in some way just to see how they react. Ben Roethlisberger, yeah. I think, was 15-1 and one his rookie year. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's certainly arguments on your side of the case, and it's just we just disagree. I just rather have them wait and mature and kind of watch some things, maybe get, you know, some garbage time mop-up stuff, but, you know, not throw them into the fire when they're not necessarily ready for it. I mean, I like that's it. the difference. You know, you, you don't mind throwing people into the – baptism by fire yeah. is a method for you, John. Absolutely. Elf, teaching. And uh, nurturing and, and teaching and molding Listen, and having someone feel comfortable before they're thrown out is my method. I learned it. Uh, you know, the way I learned to swim is uh, my dad flew me down to Miami when I was four. Wow, he put me on a you. cigarette boat, took me out in the middle of Biscayne Bay about a mile and a quarter and just tossed my scrawny ass out of the boat and said, you know, mom and I hope to see you again. And they just sped off. He um, could have saved a lot of money by just giving you swimming lessons. I mean, come on. Or, or, or Chesapeake Bay. You were you, you were Virginia. Why not go to the Chesapeake Bay as opposed to fly down to Miami? I think I think he felt that the warm water would give me a fighting chance. And that was dad. He was a generous guy. Dad was a generous guy. They just sped off, huh? They just sped off. Well, mom, mom wasn't. It was just dad. I, I think mom would have. She probably made, would have made him stop at about three quarters of a mile. But he went about a mile and a quarter out. Wow. Said, you know. You can still see the skyline, son. And they they had they had a lunch appointment. That's why they had to use a cigarette boat. They had to get back. How, how old how old were you at the time? Yeah, it was four. It was four, maybe. Four so there old. you go. So so you come by you come by your philosophy very uh right. legit and honestly, very legitimately and honestly. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I'd start a rookie quarterback and uh, not start any offensive lineman in front of him. Just go. Here right. it is. You're gonna get. You're is. gonna get. You're gonna get the crap kicked out of you. So let's get you used to it. Right. This is what it is. Deal with the speed immediately. That's Deal right. with the weight and the speed and the hurt. And by the way, no going. Nobody's gonna go all Buster Posey and tell people not to touch you, pal. You're gonna have to take your lumps like a man. Okay. All right. There it is. All right. All right. So uh, that's it. Uh, congratulations to Jeff Taylor, by the way, who got the. Uh, the progressive trivia, the Kirk Cousins progressive trivia. Anything else in the world of sports that you want to cover before we get out of here, Mark? No, except for I'm waiting with bated breath to see how baseball and basketball deal with these uh, increase in spices, uh, spike increase in cases, spiking cases, spiking spike cases. In cases, increase in spike spikings, uh, spiking no, increase, increases, spiking increases in cases, uh, especially Disney. You know that you know every day there's eight nine thousand cases, and you know for for weeks and weeks it was a thousand fifteen hundred and so forth, and uh, so I'm going to be very interested to see what happens. Kind of waiting with bated breath for that because that was sort of the signal. For the for the comeback, if you will, for yeah. the reopening, for here we go again, America. Come on, let's do this thing. And uh, and even if you weren't thinking that way, it was the signal for Mike. Thank God, this damn thing is waning, and we can move on. You know, there are lots of lots of reasons to celebrate that stuff. Right. And um, so that's the only that's the only thing I'm going through right now. That's the only thing I'd like to talk about, but I'm not going to because we're already an, an hour and ten minutes in. Wandered into a Stephen A. Smith uh, television show today, so apparently karma not working for me. Um, but uh, he was advocating. He, he thought uh, coming to Disney was 
a bad idea coming to Florida. And he was advocating that the NBA should go to New York where the cases are, 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 are going down. They have, uh, they have as good a, uh, as much experience in trying to deal with this as possible. And that uh, they've got enough arenas in and around the city that they could in, in many ways manage it as well, if not better than Disney. And they're a lot not, of hotel rooms. They're on, they're on the well. downside too. Yes, and those hotel rooms open because Broadway is now shut down till January of 2021. It's been announced, and uh, so that uh, I, the, yeah, those possibilities still uh, still arise. I know that a lot of people. I was watching uh, uh, sports late last night, and a lot of the NBA people that they were talking to, who were just five six days ago, 100 percent things are going to happen in Orlando. They think they will now, but they're backing off of that 100% a little bit and saying, you know, Adam Silver has proven that he can be very dexterous in these situations, and he's done a wonderful job up to this Good point, word. according to everybody. Um, so that uh, stay tuned, because to your point, yeah, these these things may change. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, I'm not, not – yeah, I'm going to be, you know – I'm going to be uh, north of Montreal uh, by the time the season starts, or, or perhaps all the way on the other side. I'll be in somewhere in Siberia. I'll just keep going north over the North Pole. Uh, we'll see. I'm further and further away from from the the great state of Florida. Actually, no, I'll I'll, I'll be there. Uh, you know, I'll be there next week. Will you be there? Will you be here for the deep dive, folks? Remember, this Friday marks deep dive into the big red machine. Until he texts me later today and asks for more time because the books that he was going to do his research on the big red machine are rotting on the porch of his palatial <laughs> again southern rotting. magnolia. Well, again, it's the it's the uh, yes, it is. It's right. It's right on on the lake, John, as you yeah. know. And so the the lake uh, the, the humidity, the, nature, the humidity, the uh, you know the the normal um, life. That lives around the lake, just infesting into the books right now and, and creating nests for themselves and and food. So, yes, they are rotting right now as we speak, the books on the big red machine. Well, you let me know. We can put that off. But as of now, Friday will be our deep yep. dive into the reds. Yep. That's all we have for today. We thank our good friend Derek Abbott. We're definitely going to have Derek back on the show uh, to pick up where we left off when we were having our technical difficulties. But we thank him, as always, the assistant football coach at the Coast Guard Academy for Mark Ferreira, Jeff Taylor. I'm John Pelkey. Thanks for catching up with us, everybody. We'll see you on Wednesday. Bye-bye.